Okay, so I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and just, you know, the, we had the Thanksgiving podcast, and just been cut for timing, and I've, I've kept making screw-ups on my podcast, so I just haven't got around to it. So we're a bit late on talking about the concert for Valor, and uh, it's, you know, it's even the, not even the right month of, later, of Veterans Day, but I, I just wanted to get an opinion out there, and, you know, I'm sure it'll be relevant later or whenever, but... Here, here it is. So the concert of Valor, for those listeners that aren't aware of it, on Veterans Day, HBO put a free concert <clears throat> uh, for veterans, you know, the concert for Valor, and they actually opened up their signal to everybody in America. So if you had a cable box or a dish TV, pretty much if you're paying legally for cable, you were able to turn to HBO and watch this concert. And the concert, as you were watching it, you got the sense that uh, even though it's a Veterans Day concert, their their target were specifically veterans and active service, excuse me, uh, military personnel, specifically for Afghanistan and Iraq. So the newest generation of veterans. So they have this concert, and um, here's the lineup for the concert. Uh, opening up was Jennifer Hudson, who sung the Star Spangled Banner, and then sang a song with uh, Jesse J., who I can't tell you what song she sings, but I, I recognize it just from the radio. And then Carrie Underwood came on, then the Zac Brown band. Then he did a duet with uh, Dave Grohl and Bruce Springsteen. Then Dave Grohl was on. And then uh, the Black Keys, and then Bruce Springsteen. Then Metallica, Rihanna, and Eminem. So these are the artists. And the, 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 there were newer artist but you got the sense and from what i read about hbo's intent is they wanted to create a playlist of the songs that soldiers in iraq and afghanistan are listening to and i think they nailed it and from what i what i've been able to read online from veterans of those two wars is yes these are this is what it sounded like when we're playing music um so very different than you know vietnam veterans and so i'm sure you can turn on 70s radio and you would get a different sense of what they were listening to uh so it, again they had a target audience and it was it was newer so anyway, the, most of the artists came on and they altered some of their songs in some ways. So either they picked American songs, like patriotic songs, or they altered their song in such a way that it was specific to this instant. Um, at least the, the artists that, that stood out uh, did. Um, so up until Zach Brown, the concert was kind of low-key. And the audience was really weird in this, in, this, uh, in this concert because you have fans who are Carrie Underwood fans. You have then hard rock fans of Metallica, you have rap fans of Eminem, and then you have old-timey people who listen to Bruce Springsteen, you know, you have people who listen to Rihanna. So it's a lot of different sounds of music. And so no one artist for a, a while got the crowd into it. It wasn't until the end of the concert that everybody was, was into it. So it was weird looking at the crowd, and it's not your traditional concert crowd where fist-pumping. It was very stoic, and then you could easily pick out, like, you know, with Carrie Underwood singing, like, oh, there's a Carrie Underwood fan because she's mouthing the words, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't Zach Brown Band. It's the first band that moved the radar a little bit. It had a great set. I'm not too familiar with the Zach Brown Band. I, I liked their song. They, they sounded good. They were good live. And then Zach Brown brings on Dave Grohl and Bruce Springsteen, as I said. They did a duet. They sung Fortunate Son. And the, the reason I want to bring it up is the, the, this song and then Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, Got a lot of backlash, and so did having Eminem on. And I want to talk about all three of these as a fan of music, as a diehard Bruce Springsteen fan, and as someone who grew up at the perfect moment that I was of age when Eminem came up. And we're going to talk about why Eminem was a good choice, 
And if you couldn't handle it, you know, that's that's a problem on you, not a reason to attack what HBO is trying to do. So I'm actually going to read part of the lyrics of Fortunate Son. And I think uh, as an astute fan of, you know, both military and both Scott and I coming from military households, I think we can have a dialogue of, uh, can you be pro-vet and anti-war? Okay, so that's, the, I think, the question we're asking here. So, uh, Fortunate Son, and if you're not familiar with this song, you, you probably are, you just don't know it. If you've ever seen any movie that has dealt with the Vietnam War, or excuse me, the Vietnam War, they've played Fortunate Son. Okay, it's that song that you can think of. And depending on legality, I may play a bit of it here. So, but if not, you're not going to listen to it. But I am going to read the lyrics. Um, so, here we go. Some folks are born made to wave the flag. Oh, they're red, white, and blue. And when the band plays Hail to the Chief, oh, they point a cannon at you. It ain't me, it ain't me, I ain't no senator's son. It ain't me, it ain't me, I ain't no fortunate one. Some folks are born silver spoon in hand. Lord, don't they help themselves. But when the tax man come to the door, Lord, the house look like a rummage sale. It ain't me, it ain't me, I ain't no millionaire's son. It ain't me, it ain't me, I ain't no fortunate one. And then uh, he, the next the next paragraph, the next stanza, is probably where Fogarty gets himself in trouble here. Yeah, some folks inherit star-spangled eyes. Oh, they send you down to war, Lord. And when you ask them, how much should we give? Oh, they only want, or excuse me, oh, they only answer more, more, more. It ain't me, it ain't me. I ain't no military son. It ain't me, it ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. So fortunate one is an anti-draft song. Okay, so Fogarty was specifically speaking to the Vietnam draft and the fact that it, it was the lower socioeconomic Americans who were going over to Vietnam to fight, which is the same thing going on, which is the same thing going on with the Afghan and Iraq war. So I thought it was very comparable. The point he's trying to make is that right now it's 0.9% of Americans represent the armed services. So that, that's a very small percentage of the country that is literally serving and fighting so we have our freedoms. And it represents within that 0.9% a very large amount of that, the 0.9% the happens to come from the lower third of the socioeconomics in this country. So Fogarty saying in the 1970s, it doesn't re really represent, you know, the people we're sending over to die and fight don't really represent the entire complexity of the American people. And if you look around as a kid in the 70s, sure, you can make whatever comment you want now about who's being drafted and going over and draft dodging, but you can also have to acknowledge that it was not fair who is going over and who's not, okay? So there's some complexity there. And of course, now there's no draft, so the comment he's making it, that it, 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 the people choosing to go over uh, aren't, aren't representative of, of our country. And so I don't think it is fair to now hear that song and say that it's not appropriate on Veterans Day to sing that song. Because you're making a point. These young men, they realize that they realize where they come from, they realize the sacrifice they've made, and they realize the country they're coming back to. So it's a concert for veterans. It's not a concert for the average American and make them feel good. It's a concert to say, like, hey, man, we appreciate what you're doing. We've realized your situation, and you're sacrificing even more uh, than I think we realize. And so for that, I have no problem with Fortunate Son 
being sung by, by these three guys. Um, and then the next song that everyone threw a hissy fit about was Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. So Bruce comes out, and he, he's got an acoustic guitar, and he plays this haunting rendition of Born in the USA. I think we're all um, aware of the traditional, like, Max Weinberg on the drum, you know, anthem. That song is, sounds so patriotic that Ronald Reagan in 1984 thought the point of the song was America's great, I'm proud to be born in the USA, and he used it on his campaign trail. And Bruce Springsteen said, hey, guy, uh, one, I, I'm not going to vote for you. Two, you didn't ask my permission. Three, stop using my song. And four, you dummy. It's actually a commentary on how horrible the government is treating its veterans after the Vietnam War. Stop using it. And I think when you talk about the American government and the VA Association, how it's treating veterans after the Vietnam War sounds pretty much comparable to how we're treating veterans now. So these are the lyrics of Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. And I want you to think about, you know, does this song resonate with what is going on in modern day America if you're a veteran and you're coming back home to this country, especially if you need the VA? So here it is, Born in the USA. Born down in a dead man's town, the first kick I took was when I hit the ground. You end up like a dog that's been beat too much till you spend half your life just covering up. Born in the USA. I was born in the USA. He says that twice. Born in the USA. Got in a little hometown jam, so they put a rifle in my hand. Sent me off to a foreign land to go and kill the yellow man. Born in the USA. I was born in the USA. Three times he repeats that. Born in the USA. Come back home to the refinery. Hiring man says, son, if it was up to me. Went down to see my VA man. He said, son, don't you understand now? Had a brother and Kaysan fighting off the Viet Cong. They're still there. He's all gone. He had a woman he loved in Saigon. I got a picture of him in our arms now. Down in the shadow of the penitentiary. Out by the gas fires of the refinery. I'm ten years burning down the road. Nowhere to run. Ain't got nowhere to go. Born in the USA. I was born in the USA. Born in the USA. I'm a long gone daddy in the USA. And then he repeats, born in the USA, the last lyric of the line, I'm a cool rocking daddy in the USA. So I think that's a song that veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan war can relate to when they have to deal with RVA and they come home to a country that's in a recession. So they're struggling to find jobs. And I'm sure plenty of these veterans have heard, oh, if, if we could, I would hire you, of course. That doesn't help them. And then they're going to the VA, and we all know what's that, that shit show. Okay, so these guys aren't getting help. So are you going to criticize and say that Bruce Springsteen is anti-war? That Bruce Springsteen is, he is, that he's anti-veteran, so he shouldn't be here? First of all, I would not say that Bruce Springsteen is anti-veteran. I would say he's a friend of the troops, he supports his troops, he's a patriot, he loves this country, and that this song is perfect for the occasion, and it was, again, wonderful to acknowledge the difficulty of being a veteran. And so my issue here is not with Bruce Springsteen, it's with online trolls who think it's easy to go online, hide behind an anonymous name, name and then criticize the work that these artists are doing, and say that this was a horrible choice, and then condemn HBO and not really realize what you're saying. So, in fact, I'm charging that if you went online and you complained about 
specifically Bruce Springsteen's choice, I'm calling you an idiot. And I'm saying you're just factually wrong, that you don't understand the song, that you don't understand the nuance of why he chose it, and I, and I think you're barking up the wrong tree. And it would be much more useful if you're so pro-veteran and you're so pro-war that instead of bitching online, go join the military and fucking go over there, okay? But you're criticizing a man for using his First Amendment right to sing a song while you're using your First Amendment right to bitch about that. So not only are you wrong, but you're a hypocrite, and I think you can go fuck yourself. So that's my commentary on the concert for Valor and just how horrible and stupid these opinions were the next day. And then lastly, I mean, do you want to add anything to, to any of this? Can I'm not, not going to slow your roll yet, but I have some comments. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to mention is Eminem. So Eminem comes on. He's the only artist who's not introduced. Rihanna, every artist sang three songs. So Rihanna sings two Rihanna songs, and then she starts singing Monster, which was the big hit that, that got Eminem back on the map a few years ago. And he just walks on stage and starts rapping. And then when it's his turn to sing his three songs, he, he says whatever, he drops the F word. He says motherfuckers, like pretty early on when he's speaking. And people are like, whoa, this is a family event. This is a family, I was watching with my daughter and Eminem. First of all, okay, if you're lazy enough as a parent, and I've got a parent here so he could stop me if I'm out of line. If you're lazy enough as a parent to not know what you're sitting your child down to watch, and then you're surprised when that thing ends up being a little not child friendly, that's on you, buddy. That's not an M&M. M&M doesn't have to censor himself because there may be a seven-year-old girl watching that mommy and daddy let stay up at 11 o'clock at night to watch a concert on HBO. Are we surprised that HBO had cussing on it? Maybe, maybe not because of the fact that they opened it up. But are we surprised that Eminem exercised his First Amendment right to be Eminem? Okay, it's not like Bruce Springsteen started cursing everywhere. Somebody we would be shocked if he did that. It's Eminem. He's been an artist since the late 90s. Okay, he did what he did. And my, here's my other comment. Because this concert wasn't for you and your seven-year-old daughter that you got shocked at because your daughter heard a bad word from Eminem. The concert was for the veterans, and Eminem was the only artist who came out and every person in the audience started going bananas for. Every veteran, every person there, and again, specifically this concert seemed to be targeting the Afghani and Iraqi veterans and the people who are, who are currently serving and are that age group. Everyone was there and enjoyed Eminem. Why? Because Eminem came up in an age where most of us were teenagers in that generation. So I'm talking about people born in the late to mid-80s, or pretty much if you're born in the 80s of that generation. And now, kids even now resonate with Eminem. Uh, it's not that they uh, r uh, relate to the issues of being uh, a father and your wife may or may not be a crackhead and you hate your mother. They resonate with the anger and just rebellion that comes off of Eminem songs. Okay, so that, I mean, any teenager can relate to that. And Eminem is just punk rolled up into rap. Okay, so there's a, there's a reason though this generation would relate to him. And, and if you had done your research, Dad, who on the Washington Post went bananas. And I'm specifically speaking to that guy who went on the Washington Post and went bananas because your seven-year-old daughter heard Eminem curse. You knew the artist that they had, and Eminem was the only guy left. You could have turned it off when you saw him walk on stage, but you left it on. You did that. 
So don't be mad at HBO. Don't be mad at Eminem. You're just, you fucked up as a dad and you're trying to blame it on someone else. So instead of bitching online, sit, take that time that it took you to fire up the Washington Post and go on their blog and complain. Sit, take that time to sit your seven-year-old daughter down and explain what the First Amendment is and what grown-up words and you shouldn't use that and it's okay and whatever. I'm not a parent. I'm sure when I'm at that point, I'll have a better conversation on cursing for my kid. But you should have had that conversation in your back pocket having a seven-year-old daughter. Like You should have known you, that it was, it's probably time. Your kid's in school. Have you not explained to her grown-up words versus children words? And oh my God, it's eleven o'clock. On a she should have been in bed. It was a school night. Don't no. This is your fault. And that's what I wanted to say at the concert of valor. I want to say thank you to the veterans. I appreciate everything you've done. My dad was in the military for twenty-one years. There's a great group of people who serve our country. Um, it was a it was a privilege and a joy to grow up on a military base and just meet a ton of Marines. These are uh, people who literally sacrifice and give their life on a daily basis for our country. And I want to thank HBO for having this concert and you know a generation of people. You know I I know a lot of guys who went to college with who went over there. And uh, I'm appreciative for this First Amendment and everything they're fighting for. And look, here's my stance. I am pro-veteran. Um, it's one of, the, one of the few charities I give money to. If it has, It's Veteran Association or history-related. Um, and then um, I'm going to say that it's, as someone who's pro-veteran, I think it's fair to also be anti-war. Because essentially, if you are pro-these people... Um, I don't think you should be eager to just send them over to die. Uh, someone who is a son of, of you know, someone who was in the Marine Corps. I distinctly remember Desert Storm. And, you know, my dad wasn't over there because uh, he was on a ship working on Harriers. But I, I remember that feeling of, oh, my dad may have to go to this. My dad may die because my country's asking for it. And I think it's fair to say, you know, like, I like my dad. You know, I, I love the guy and I, I support the veterans and I, I think it would be inhumane for me to be like, yay veterans, go die. You know, so that's just my stance. I think you can be both anti-war and pro-veteran and uh, so that's that. And Scott has some uh, things to add, so I'll turn it over to him after that long rant. <laughs> that's uh, pretty tough to follow. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I have no problem whatsoever with the... Uh, having not seen this and just basically heard the information from you, uh, I would be willing to guess that the guy who uh, wrote the article probably had it written ahead of time and was just hoping for the opportunity to send it. Um, that's a good point. I mean, you know, you're always going to have those people, and that's why I just go ahead and ignore them anymore. I don't get too amped up about it. But, yeah. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I mean, Jesus. I mean, having just spent some time on a, on a military uh, ship for – for three weeks it you think the military doesn't use curse words I, I just don't understand like it's not that big of a deal we need to get over the the use of swear words in in this country and like you said the uh the stage was set literally uh it was on hbo it was at 11 o'clock at night um we need to get over the fact that a swear word was set but uh, i have a little different opinion on on some of the va stuff i think the va has done a, is trying to do a good job um with uh with the veterans uh i know it was a lot different you know having i'm also uh, my dad is also a marine corps veteran uh he didn't retire but you know he spent his time uh, doing shit in the late 60s um and i know his stance on how veterans were treated back then and how they're treated now and he'll tell you that it's hands down the way it should be the way they are treated now is the way it should be um so yeah i 
I, I, uh, it's, it's a tough conversation. And, you know, also coming from, you know, I think talking about the military background and your dad being a Marine, my dad being a Marine, you know, not coming from rich families or a silver spoon, you know, handed to us. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, the poor are the ones that do the fighting in this country, you know, for the most part, you know, there are definitely people that come from, uh, well means, you know, come from a, a, a good family and decide to sign up and do it anyways. But, uh, the poor are the ones that do the, the heavy lifting in this country. Um, you know, and, and, and the fact that they had a, they even had a concert for, uh, the veterans is kudos to HBO for, it. uh, I wish I would have seen it. Um, I was not able to see it at the time, but you know, it sounds like it was a great, great event. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, uh, I wanted to jump in. I had some points when you were when you were uh, on your on your soapbox, which was a good soapbox. But you know, I uh, I have a lot of friends who have served in the cockpit of an airplane over Afghanistan and Iraq, and people that have supported you know beans and bullets, getting it to them, and uh, and some friends that were on the ground. And I would love to pick their brain on what they think the current state of affairs are over there. But uh, it, it's a tough situation, you know, altogether. I just don't even. We could have an entire podcast on this topic, and maybe we should. Yeah. And maybe we have enough veteran friends, current veterans, that I'd love to get their opinions Absolutely. on it. Especially with all this ISIS bullshit and everything. People mm-hmm. that have gone over there and watched their uh, – they, they've come back, you know, injured, and and now just to see it for what? You know, mm-hmm. that, God, this is such a huge topic. I, you know, really can't dive into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, kudos. I, I, I think the VA is trying. Um, but uh, – there's definitely the mental health and, you know, PTSD and everything. It's, God, I can only imagine what, what you know, our friends and, and people we don't know saw over there. So, yeah, and, and, you know, just hearing the lyrics from these songs, man, it's powerful stuff. And it, it's still relevant to this day, you know, different war, but uh, it's the same, the, the same points are there, you know. And hopefully, I love having conversations with my dad because about, uh, I remember when uh, I was so pro going in and getting Saddam Hussein out of Iraq because, you know, that was, there had to be a connection with 9-11 and everything. And my dad told me, you know, you need to pump the brakes. And, you know, it's funny, it wasn't until five years later, it was, uh, he was right. You know, what were we doing? And it was another way to make money. I don't want to get into the topic because I'll spiral downhill on it, but I mean, it's a... it just seems like it's a, another way for corporations to make money, and I, there I said it. You know, I mean, I just I, I feel bad for people that had, because I think there was some good over there too. But uh, yeah, I wish I would have. I wish I would have seen the concert. Alrighty, thanks for thanks for that. Thanks for listening to the soapbox. Um, I'll probably have some more comments as you go. As soon as you get to the next uh, segment, I'm sure I'll have some comments about your. It'll, it'll hit you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for letting me soapbox, but you know, next time. Kick from under me. That's, uh, but hey, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, you know, just, you know, I just, I just remember, I remember hearing my dad's stories, you know, coming right. back and getting, uh, showing up and, and I believe he, I believe he out processed. He came back from the Philippines. He was supporting, uh, electronic warfare aircraft and, uh, aerial reconnaissance in, in Philippines and just hearing his stories of coming back to see his, uh, my grandfather, who I never had the opportunity to meet, you know, seeing him on his deathbed and, him showing up in San Francisco and getting uh, wearing his dress blues and getting spit on and having his spit shine shoes stepped on by a kid in the airport, you know it's just why? How did that ever happen? You know, and and and, and to the point, you know, with the people um, 
didn't like the concert. You know, they're the same people that are going to have the American flag lapel pin. You know, they're going to tell you, you know, let's talk about only the good things. You know, no, right. we need to talk about the bad things, you know. So, like I said, I think we've come a long way, and I think the way we treat veterans is great. But we also need to talk about the bullshit and the, the bad things that do happen, uh, you know, overseas. And yeah, I think it's an interesting, you know, it's what this podcast is about, the intersection of you know, pop culture and, and society and politics and uh, the Vietnam War in the 70s is the reason it's a, it's a fascinating uh, time period. It's, it, it was all those things. So Vietnam, it's that first war that is televised. People are seeing images from the screen. And, and up until that point, you got you to gotta realize... I mean, you're, so the link between World War II and Vietnam, just to get a sense historically, you know, it's Roosevelt is president, he passes away, uh, then Truman, Truman drops a bomb, Dwight D. Eisenhower gets elected in 52, so from 52 to 60, it's, it's Ike, you know, it's, our, it's a World War II hero, he's a president. Korea. Um, you know, they, they go through the Korean War, um, which, yeah, that's another conversation, but those, those vets are still revered. And, you know, the government takes more of the blame for the nonsense that was Vietnam. We didn't get to see the images of Vietnam as it happened. And then um, Ike, you know, is the beginning, well, actually Truman is the beginning of Vietnam and sending um, advisors over there. And then after Truman, you have Kennedy. Kennedy gets assassinated. And the, and the general uh, mood of the country is government's good and we trust it. And so that's the time line we're coming from. And then LBJ gets into office, and reporters start reporting this war differently than they've reported every other war. And so you've got to realize that people think that their inherent belief is the government's good, go America. And then they see these horrific images. And unfortunately, I, would, I, I think the, the atmosphere is you have a country that it's about to explode and a cultural revolution. And they're seeing these images, and they're rebelling against, you know... The baby boomers rebel against their straight-laced parents, you know, the greatest generation. And how, who do you blame? Do you blame this government that you're inherently taught is good? Or is it easy to point to the 19-year-old kid holding the rifle and saying, like, you know, fuck you for these images. Like, fuck you for what you're doing. And then I, I think that creates this atmosphere and of the, the, the treatment of veterans and why we see some of that. And it's not until Nixon and Watergate that for the first time the American people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe the government's the bad guy, and it, since since Watergate till now, uh, it's you look at the numbers and the polls of, of trusting America uh, or trusting the government. Americans trusting the government, and they're generally low. Uh, since Watergate, it's easy to say, "Oh, we don't trust the government." And then you know, after the Patriot Act and some uh, revelations of what the government's doing, I think it's and when you see those images, you don't blame the kid holding the gun; you blame the government for sending him over there. Um, and so that's where the shift comes from how, you know, your dad's saying how they treat veterans now versus how they, they treat them. It's, I, I think we matured as a country and we understood you, you can't blame the kid holding the rifle. You have to blame the person who gave the orders and essentially it's the government, uh, for sending us over there. And, and, you know, you touched upon, I think an interesting point and we could spend a whole podcast on this, uh, you know, the government making money off of that. You know, there's a, there's a, the tip of an iceberg. Oh, yeah. A conversation on that one. I just wanted to touch on, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, why it's interesting and why we're doing this podcast is that intersection of all those things, and um, it's a perfect example. And here we are talking about that intersection with the concert and yeah. art and, and culture and, and coming together. And so we have our own viewpoint, and you know, we are neither of us are veterans, you know, but we come from a military family, 
and we come from a military family from a different era, you know, so it's, I really think we should have this conversation at some point. It, it would be interesting to see, you know, our viewpoints, and, and I've got plenty enough military friends that could shine in it, because I have some, I've had some great arguments, debates with uh, some friends that are in support of everything we do, and, uh, you know, we just all, you know, just when it comes to topics like this, you just end up agreeing to disagree and that, you know, you're trying to do the best you can. So, 